Hi, Brian Parker again. I just uh, did a video on easy instructions and template forms to answer a debt buyer lawsuit. I'm now going to do one for a creditor collection lawsuit. And again, this is my desire to give you more instructions. I get many calls, people saying, how do I answer something? How do I answer the lawsuit? And I, I look online at all the possible purchases you can make from $50 to $200 of somebody else's answer. Um, but they don't give you instructions. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you instructions on how to answer uh, like I did with the debt buyer collection lawsuit, how to answer a creditor collection lawsuit. I'm going to, again, use instructions so I can do this properly and I'll have the things on the video so you can see. Uh, five takeaways. Take the lawsuit, break it apart, put F against the true. So the lawsuit will be pleadings from two, from four to 12. Each pleading has to be answered. So tear the lawsuit apart, put F by the false ones, which will be most of them, and true if there's anything true. Um, look at the documents attached to the lawsuit. Do they prove your debt? is being sued upon and they show definitively that you owe that debt. Unlikely from what I've seen. Also, by the way, look for the word debt. Most collection lawsuits, you won't see it. You've seen enough of my securitization uh, videos, but that's a hint and a half for you right there that if they're not putting the word debt in your lawsuit and just the word account, which has nothing to do with the debt, then something's up with the debt. Where's the debt? Why don't they just put the debt in there? Anyway, highlight stuff like that. Create affirmative defenses, uh, which are attached to your answer. Then put all the deficits, all the problems, all the things that you've highlighted and are wrong or false into your counter affidavit. See all my affidavits on how to create counter affidavits. The, the most important part of your answer. Don't get that out of your head. It's the most important part of your answer. So we're going to use a creditor example, and I'm going to move this along so you can see how to do this bit by bit. I'm going to call the um, video Easy Instructions, <laughs> all right? So um, the first paragraph is the plaintiff has said, we're a national bank lo located in Utah. So what are you supposed to do with that? First of all, how would you know and why would you care? I, I want you to be real about that. Don't look to be lawyerly and flowery in your responses. So I write, again, I'll put it up, uh, neither admit or deny because defendant, me, you, has no way of knowing that. So number two, they write, one or more of the identified defendants, there's only one defendant, but again, they use a form website, excuse me, a form complaint. Think about this. They're doing the same thing you do to sue you. You're researching to find a form answer. Nobody does their own work anymore, but you will if you do it using Brian Parker's techniques, especially with the account affidavit. Don't be a joke and, and, and put out a general response. So number two, they say one or more of the identified defendants reside in Farmington Hills. I wrote, in this case, admit, but I'll also rarely admit even that unless I have to, um, because it's my theory that they have no right to sue you in the first place. Number three, they wrote, the amount in controversy is less than $25,000. I, again, don't like to admit anything unless it's true. So I wrote, 
I deny for lack of proof regarding plaintiff's right to sue me or sue who's being sued. So you can see that on the video. Number four, they write, plaintiff incorporates by reference paragraphs one through three above as a, sure, okay, but I write, I don't admit anything, so I just say denied. Because part of what they're alleging, again, is that you owe something and you live in the district that they, and they have a right to sue you. So I just write denied. Keep it simple, stupid. The more simple you are, the easier it is to get your point across. And that's the point for the judge to see this. Number five, um, look at what they are saying. They are saying you owe an account. You don't. You owe on a debt. There's no evidence that you owe on a debt that they own and have a right to sue you upon. But please ask yourself, why is the word debt not in your lawsuit if it is not in your lawsuit? Because it was securitized. The debt is gone. Securitization breaks things up. It breaks the debt up. It can turn into a servicing rights, processing rights, in, uh, indebtedness, or just sometimes they say evidence of the debt. They're suing on evidence of the, of the debt. So look in your collection lawsuit when it's from a creditor. They won't use the word debt half the time. Why? Because, and, and you can tell the court this, I'm being sued on an account. I didn't sign up for an account. I signed up for a debt. There's no reference here. I think the judge will be kind of cool about that because it is kind of riveting that nobody really figures it out that the word debt is not used which will support your securitization theory. Um, on six, they don't call it a, an account again. They say the account, they don't call it a debt again. They say the account is governed by the terms and conditions by the account agreement. So I say short and sweet and, hey man, the thing that you're referring to with the terms and conditions, which is true, is not attached to the lawsuit, which it generally isn't. They will, especially Discover does this, and Citibank, they'll put a form They'll put a form contract, but it's not yours. You didn't sign up for that. Where's your signature? And you signed up for a debt, not an account, and they don't have the contract. Put that in your answer, in your denial, where I say denied, as there's no proof of this in the complaint. That's a true statement. There's no proof of what they're saying is the contract, and there is no debt. They got nothing. <laughs> so... The paragraph seven in this case, credit services were provided to defendants, there's only one, def and defendants, use acceptance of failure to reject said services constituted defendants, blah, 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 regarding the terms and conditions of the agreement. And uh, now they say they reference an affidavit. So when you do your tearing down, look at their affidavit. It's a general thing and also clue. If they have signed it greater, let's say, more than 10 days before the filing of the lawsuit, a lot of account stated statutes said you can't use that affidavit. It's too old. And there's an evidentiary reason for that. But they pump out thousands of these and they just attach them to the lawsuit and nobody's the wiser. Check your state account stated affidavit rules. And you will see that there's certain dates have got to be honored, otherwise the affidavit, which is really just evidence, cannot be honored and brought in. It will be, 
And it is. It's hearsay without an exception because it missed the deadlines of the account stated statute. That goes into your, your own affidavit. Whether they file an affidavit or not, you do your counter affidavit, please. So when they say the, the account is governed by something, it isn't. Uh, seven, again, as I said, a mishmash of defendants and defendant in terms of the uh, agreement. That's nonsense. I wrote denied as plaintiffs not provided the court with any proof of this. You can see that, number seven. Pleading eight, pleading eight. <laughs> they claim that defendant or defendants subsequently defaulted on the terms and conditions of the agreement that, by the way, aren't attached to the lawsuit. You're not going to be held against you or their arbitration agreement, which if you get really good at this, they'll force you into arbitration or try. Where's your signature? Where's your agreement to arbitrate? I'm going to do a video on arbitration and why you should or shouldn't do it. Don't. Uh, very soon. Um, so number eight, I deny as the plaintiff's not provided any proof of an agreement. Their number nine in the example I'm using, number nine, says nothing and offers no proof. It says defendant owes 17 grand with no proof. So my response is denied as the plaintiff has provided no proof of an agreement with the defendant. Again, see securitization. Ten is they're saying you, they have performed all the conditions precedent. Precedent means we did all we were supposed to beforehand, you didn't. Uh, so we did what we're supposed to to bring this action. They haven't because um, they didn't bring the contract, they didn't bring the debt allegations, and they're referring to an account. Uh, but they say a little throwaway, or we don't have to because the defendant waived it. You didn't. <laughs> Number 10 in their complaint is just see my attached template and what I say to do in response to the further nonsense that they have. Now look, on my membership website, I'm going to give you in Word, so you can use conforming to your state, answers from Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citibank, American Express, and Capital One, all good templates for you to take a look at and educate yourself and conform to your state's rules. This is a really good video on my membership site, uh, collectionstoppersolutions.com. It's the way to go. You can go buy answers. What do you do with those? I'm going to give you examples of answers and templates. And I'm also going to give you these notes, my show notes, the easy instructions. Make sure that you, as you will see on my answers with the affirmative defenses that you use if they fit your state and your needs. And make sure your affirmative defenses, de affirmative defenses refer to the Exhibit 1 Counter affidavit. Just a real note. Uh, uh, an affirmative defenses are a form of pleadings. So support your pleadings with the counter affidavit. As I've said tons of times, the counter affidavit is everything. It is not only attached to the answer and the affirmative defenses, it's attached to all your speaking through writing to the court, supporting your case all the way through. It will save you. It will settle a debt and it will make you respected that you don't have until you file this answer and you'll get that debt and settlement the way you want to. See my videos on settling debts and how to deal with debt collectors when you're settling a debt. 
So make sure you got a proof of service. I've, I've created a template for you on my membership website in this video and have at least three copies time stamped by the court, please. So you can show, yes, I did file that within this statutory time. You have wrongfully answered me. You've wrongfully defaulted me. You know, I, I think maybe I should edit a lot of these, but I just don't feel like it's real when I do that. So I try not to edit. So forgive me my mistakes. But if you remember, make sure you get three copies of your answer, signed answer, time stamped by the court. Send certified return receipt requested to the attorney, uh, to the court if you don't follow your original. And make sure you keep one for yourself so you can always show the time stamp. I got it in with the right time. Plus that answer, plus that counter affidavit, plus those um, affirmative defenses will be used against you. Uh, and you need to know what you did. Don't ever just keep a copy of a Word product that you saved on your computer. You need the actual signed thing. Trust me on that. All right. Good video. I hope uh, it wasn't too much. Uh, you can do this. That's why it's called the easy instructions for template forms to answer a debt creditor lawsuit. Go get them. Thank you.